Hey there, it's Michelle Pilpich. I am a registered dietitian, certified personal trainer, and your host of this podcast, Simply Intuitive. On the show, we are talking about all things intuitive eating, active living, and breaking down what's true versus what's a myth in the wellness world so that you can focus on simple and sustainable ways to actually improve your health. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the health information floating around and you just want to know what to do to feel your best, you're in the right place. Not only are specific tips coming your way, but you can also count on conversations that will challenge your perspective on what health really means. So I hope you'll stick around for many episodes to come, but for now, let's get into today's show. Hi guys, I am here with Jamie Lewis of JBL Styles. Jamie is a personal stylist based in New York City and also working virtually with individual clients to help develop and evolve their personal styles. So we're talking about dressing your body, dressing your changing body, body image, and all the different things that come up in my client sessions with people working on body image, eating disorder recovery, and just their relationship with both food and body and ultimately themselves. So Jamie has so much expertise and insight to share. Jamie, thanks for chatting with me. I'm so excited for this. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on here. So excited. Yeah. You, I think, are just going to offer such a unique perspective about something that is so relatable to literally every single person because we all have to get dressed. (laughs) We do. Yeah. No. And we all have our own little battles with it. So I'm excited to kind of chat about questions you may have and how I can be of some help. Amazing. So before we dive into specifics about like dressing and body image, I would love for you to share kind of your journey into this world and how you got started as a personal stylist. Yeah. So I've been in the industry, gosh, forever since I was 16. Um, (laughs) But then went to FIT and I've held um, many jobs in the wholesale area. And then my last job was at Saks Fifth Avenue within honestly luxury retail and loved it, loved styling women, but there was something still kind of missing. Um, COVID Mm -hmm. happened and like everybody, I pivoted. Well, actually I was furloughed and then decided I had no interest in going back and wanted to branch out independently and style women that really needed it, like really could use it and felt just more fulfilling. So... Yeah, that's my little journey. <laughs> so can you talk about kind of the types of clients you work with and like who yeah. are those people who you think really benefit from your services? Yeah. So now I work with women all over the country and we are normal women that I work with, you know, women that have had maybe some job promotions and need a fresh look, women that are done having kids, women that just need to freshen up their look, but just normal everyday women that just want to put their style first and they just need that refresh and they're a little overwhelmed how to start that. So I come in. (laughs) You come and save the day. And I think that refresh is feeling more and more necessary post COVID too, with like work from home and everyone's addicted to their sweatpants and I am too and wanting to be comfortable. And that is like sometimes feeling like kind of a rut. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm addicted to sweatpants too. I have two little kids, you know, I'm very realistic, (laughs) but even if you're work from home now, it's kind of like we're past 
the sweatpant era. You know, if you're working from home, get some loungewear, get step it up a little bit. So I'm noticing clients yeah. that are just kind of in that rut and they're just they're just ready to step it up. Like COVID's done. We've wrapped that up. <laughs> so the world has changed. And now it's like, how do we navigate this new business casual world and work from home and still feel like you're working and you're not just in Netflix mode, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's what I always say, because I work from home. And for me, it's such a mental thing. Like I cannot wear pajama pants, even if I'm wearing like a professional top, I just can't. It's not, it doesn't feel right mentally. And yeah, I want to be comfortable, but I also want to feel put together when I take my dog out in the middle of the day, you know? No, 100%. I mean, for me, even the style part aside, I have to get, I work from home majority of the time too. And I have to be somewhat dressed. It's comfortable, but it's still, I'm in work mode and it, it just clicks better in my head. You know, I mean, I, for instance, to ramble on, I have ADD. So I have to be like dressed in my work clothes because it triggers my brain to say we are in work mode. We are not in relaxing mode. So that's so interesting. Yeah, I never thought about it from that perspective, but I bet it's so helpful. That's a really good tip. Yeah, it's like a neurodivergent thing. But if anybody watching yeah. this or listening has ADD, they will resonate with that. That is yeah. an absolute trigger in your head that just says work mode, work mode. That is so smart. <laughs> cool. So can you describe a bit more about your philosophy as a stylist, how you uniquely work with your clients? Yeah. So my philosophy is that every woman deserves to have great style. I have found that as women, and it's not even to say, oh, we feminists, but I, I believe as women, we carry such a big mental load with kids or without kids, we do. And so I believe that we deserve to have great style. And I believe truly that it does not need to be complicated or fussy or intimidating and that it is just going to be the best confident booster for your day. It just is. So my philosophy is to come in and show women that it's super approachable to achieve. And it does not need to be this overwhelming experience. And I have a process that really breaks it down for them and really takes it step by step so it doesn't feel intimidating and it doesn't feel overwhelming. So that is... So reassuring to hear because <laughs> a, a closet, whether it's full or empty, is overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just I just believe that we kind of put it at the back because we're tired. We have a lot of other stuff going on, a lot of other stuff that probably right. takes priority. But I do believe that it just it just helps us, you know, when we have an outfit on that we feel really good and it just it's not gonna hurt your day. It's not, you know, there's no yeah. I mean you have mentioned focus, you've mentioned confidence, and these things are so important to touch on because I think a lot of people, you know, especially when there are other things on our mind, whether it's kids, family, career, um, school, whatever it may be, it's easy for people to see, oh, well, fashion and style, like that's kind of frivolous. That's, you know, a second priority. That's not really important. But I believe, and I'm sure you do, like it goes a lot deeper than the surface, especially when people are kind of healing their relationship with their bodies. So what would you say to someone who thinks like, yeah, this sounds fun, but like, it's not the first priority in my budget, in my schedule, in my anything. It feels like, oh, that's just kind of like fluffy for fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I do hear that, but it's really funny. The reality of the personal styling service is that it's more of 
about the mindset part than even the clothes. It's more about showing you that you can feel beautiful and you can feel amazing in something that maybe you haven't felt beautiful in and just showing you these new cuts that would work for your body and these new textures that maybe you haven't picked up before. And it's honestly opening the door to something so new for you that you thought maybe that you couldn't even touch before, right? So Mm -hmm. it's such a big mindset shift to just know like, oh my God, I can wear that. I thought I could never wear a bodycon dress or I thought I could never wear this oversized sweater. It's just showing you like, yeah, you can. Let me show you just how. Mm -hmm. It's like another form of therapy almost. 100% it is. Yeah. I'm not a therapist, but I've heard many stories. (laughs) (laughs) You're like me. It's like how hairdressers are like a semi-therapist. Like you have that whole chat during the hair appointment. I feel like you're probably kind of like that too. (laughs) Confessions in the fitting room, 100%. (laughs) That's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Same place. (laughs) Let's talk a bit about um, body image. You're talking about kind of learning what works for your body, all of these things. What has your relationship with your body been like? Yeah, no, my personal relationship has been a roller coaster and then some. So I can definitely relate. Um, I have gone up the scale, down the scale. I've had kids. I've had a C-section. So the stomach is still looking pregnant a year later, you know, so I understand all of that and then some and I try to teach my clients because this is kind of what I have embraced is that through a lot of therapy myself I'm just kind of like it is what it is our bodies have done so many cool things that like so we have you know and I again no means a therapist but I've done the work on myself to just accept that our bodies are amazing in whatever shape they are so that's something that I truly believe clothes can help teach people, if that makes sense. But it's something I definitely believe. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, how do you think fashion and style has helped you accept that? Because so many people hear that, like, yeah, I would love to be at this neutral place with my body, but how can I accept it? It feels so wrong. And so being really involved with fashion and style, how has that helped you get to this place? Yeah, as somebody who has had some body self, um, some self doubt with myself, and somebody who's also an extreme introvert, I have found that putting on an outfit has made me almost be able to put on like a cape or a, like armor in a way. Like it truly helps me deal with very uncomfortable situations. I do not like being in big groups of people. I don't really like presenting. But if I am wearing an outfit that I am like, okay, I feel badass in then I can accomplish things that I didn't know I could accomplish. It just really gives me that sense of, oh my God, I did this. (laughs) So that's definitely something that I believe in helping my clients understand that if they put on the right blazer or that pair of pants or whatever it is, they are going to feel a certain way that they did not feel before they put that on. I love everything you're saying. I'm like vigorously (laughs) nodding my head. And I mentioned this to you briefly before, um, the call, this has been coming up so much with my clients and it's kind of related. And so I I would love for you to expand on those feelings when you're wearing the right outfit for you, because I work with a lot of people who are in eating disorder recovery, or just have a history of disordered eating, negative body image, chronic diets, whatever it may be. And sometimes when people get to the point of learning how to nourish their bodies, fuel themselves or doing well with food, 
maybe they've taken a break from exercise and then they reincorporate it. Sometimes weight does go down or body composition changes and people notice like, oh, I look different and I'm feeling good about that. And then I have this weird guilt, like, should I be feeling happy if my body looks closer to the thin ideal or whatever it may be? And you're like validating what I've told my clients because I often coach people to focus on how they feel. So like, sure, your body might get bigger, get smaller, whatever is going to happen. And like, it's totally fine to feel good. It's great to feel good. But are you feeling good because of a number or are you feeling good because of how you feel in this particular scenario, outfit, whatever it may be? So I would love for you to expand on the effects of the outfit, how it can transform someone's feelings and confidence, everything you mentioned about um, just being more comfortable in different situations and changing how you feel about yourself. Yeah. And I also want to mention that we, you just spoke about number sizing. And I, this is something that I actually practice with my clients to not show them half the time what the number size is, because it's so important for us to remember that patterns are not made for us. Like mm-hmm. pieces that we're picking up in the stores, that, that's not made for us. It's a mass pattern made for millions of people. So they're just made up numbers, right? So when we're trying to get down to like the size four, you might be a size four in this brand, but you're a size six in the next one. It is a made up number. It really just is. Yeah. So once we can like really accept that, which is hard, Mm -hmm. um, not an easy thing to do. And I understand that. But once we can try at least to accept that, then your relationship with clothing and with yourself, is going to be so much easier I myself have gone up three pant sizes from my um, before my baby, and it's triggering at first. But then it's just like it is what it is, you know. <laughs> like it is what it is, and I found the pieces that fit me the right way, and they make me happy. So that's just something that I definitely like to share with clients that we need to stop focusing on that number because it's made up. It's not a real number. Yes, yes. love that. Yeah. And then with shame on the body, it's like, that's another one. I understand it's so hard to break that shame cycle. But once you can really accept that, oh my God, I look good in this. Like so many doors open. (laughs) There's so many doors open for you. You are going to be walking so tall and you're going to be able to experiment with pieces that you have been wanting to experiment for so long and the excitement that comes from that, I'm telling you, it's like a high, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just so fun once you can really embrace it. Yeah. Do you have any examples of things from your life or your clients where somebody like did something that they never thought they would after they got a lot more comfortable in their style? Yes. Uh, very recently, I held one of the most amazing clients I've worked with, and she has refused to take a selfie for the past three years because of her size. And wow. um, it just was what, you know, it is what it is. But she felt so confident in the fitting room with me after our styling session. She emailed me that she, for the first time, was taking like bathroom selfies of her outfit. And she wrote me an email, how somebody um, clapped for her. They hadn't seen her, I guess, in like two years or something like that. And they clapped when they saw her new, like her new look. Cause it was like a real transformative experience. And that email actually like made me shed a tear just because there's a power in your outfit. Like she has not taken a selfie in years for no good reason. She's beautiful. 
But putting on the new outfit and a fresh look, it gave her that confidence to say, give me the camera. Like I'm doing, you know, I look good. That's so amazing. Yeah. Pictures can be so triggering for people. Yeah. So that was definitely the most transformative story I have. It was amazing. (laughs) That's so awesome to hear. So what are some of the things you do just starting out with someone who is in that place where they won't take the photo, they feel really self-conscious, they maybe are hating their body, like day one, you've just met them. Where do you start? If it's day one and we're working together, then we take baby steps. You know, the full process is the same for all clients, but every client has a different timeline that works for them and works for where they're at. So we take baby steps. I don't believe in purging everything that they own and saying this is horrible because it's that could be A, that's wrong to do, but B, that's also super (laughs) triggering. So we ease into every single piece and we really just hold hands while we're doing their edit so that they start to feel more comfortable with me and they start to understand and trust the full process. And then it's funny because by the end of it, 10 out of 10 times, everyone's super into it and wanting to get rid of the pieces that are starting to hold them back and they understand that the new pieces coming in are going to enhance them. So it is interesting to see the beginning of the day versus the end of the day. (laughs) Right, right. Thinking about those pieces that kind of hold someone back. um, I know I've heard of like the Marie Kondo, like does it spark joy for you? And So how do you help people understand whether or not a piece is worth keeping? Yeah, I mean, Marie Kondo is another level. Um, (laughs) But if you're keeping something because you think one day you will fit into it, get rid of it. That is holding you back. But if you're keeping something that maybe doesn't fit, but the story behind it is beautiful and you're holding on to it just because of that, like you just, whenever you look at it, it just makes you smile. Keep it. That's nice to keep. Maybe store it somewhere else, but keep it. So really start to think about why are you keeping the piece and be realistic with yourself. My biggest thing is if you're keeping it because of fit, that one day it will fit. That is a must, that must, must go. And then obviously we go into like wear and tear in pieces and the obvious ways to edit, but it is why are you holding on to that piece? And we will talk about it and decide whether that's an archive piece and we store it somewhere else because of the story behind it or if we just purge it because it's like one day maybe it'll fit. Sure. I love that. Such a good, (laughs) such a good tip. Yeah. Those aspirational pieces, like get rid of it. (laughs) They never make you feel good. No, just get rid of it. Like the the, (laughs) Or by the time it does, and this is what I like to share, is that by the time it does fit, are you realistically going to want to wear it again? Is it even in Mm -hmm. style anymore? Like, is it super dated by the time? If it, you know, be realistic with yourself and donate it and somebody who needs it will now get some life out of it. Yeah. (laughs) So speaking of what's in style, would love to get your take on trends, like, you know, people have been saying, oh, skinny jeans are out and it's more, a, I feel like it used to be the skinny pants, the oversized top. Now it's like the baggy pants, the crop top, whatever. What are, What is your take on like what's trendy, what's in style versus what you're comfortable in versus what works for your body? Like what should people be thinking about when deciding what even is like fashionable? Totally. Yeah. So I actually... I mean, I can share like what the trends are, but I actually don't pay attention to trends. I think that that is not a way to elevate your style. Again, it's meant for the masses. It's meant for fun and overconsumption. It's not meant for the individual. So I don't even Mm -hmm. share that with clients. I do believe things can get 
dated. We aren't dressing mm-hmm. the same as we are in 1995. Things can tend to get dated looking. So I do mm-hmm. help clients understand that. With For skinny jeans, for instance, I do believe they can look dated if you're just not styling the right way. And that's, again, style evolves. It just shifts a bit. You don't have to wear baggy jeans, but if you are gung-ho on your skinnies, maybe try some a straight, a slim straight. All that means mm-hmm. is that it's not hugging your calf the way a skinny jean would. That's all it means. And then if you're like, no, I really want to keep my skinny jeans, cool. Wear them boots. That's all. Just keep it a little bit more updated. And that's all it is. Yeah. Don't drive yourself crazy with the trends because they change every three weeks. I can't even keep up with them half the time. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> I know. It is so hard to keep up with. Are there any rules that you do believe in? Like, especially, you know, people always have rules for like, don't wear X past a certain age or don't wear X if you're past a certain size. Is there anything that you feel like, yeah, this is a definite yes or a definite no? There's not really any like rules. I don't believe in dressing for body type. Like I know that some people are like, I'm an apple. I'm a strawberry. I think that's the silliest thing in the world. I think. Okay. Tell us about that. Yeah. Why is that bogus? I think it's just, I, when I was trained as a stylist, they taught us that I think it's ridiculous. I think it puts us into a box of saying that you can only wear like this silhouette and that's just not accurate information, especially now that we've again, evolved and we're smarter individuals. I do believe in teaching my clients about proportions and how to make something just look a little bit sharper. For instance, if you're wearing baggy on bottom, maybe we do a little bit more form fitting on top or vice versa. So there are tricks to the game that I do teach, but to Mm -hmm. say that you are, for instance, an apple, so you can only wear X is the silliest thing in the world. And if you find a stylist and they're teaching you that, I honestly believe run for the hills because it, in my opinion, is antiquated and it's not her, it's not helping us in our body self-esteem. It's just not. (laughs) Right. I can't think of that ever like feeling great. Yeah. Someone finds that they need to come see you instead. (laughs) Yeah. I just think it's a silly way to teach and I just, yeah, I don't like it. Teach the proportions of clothing by all means. That's just some simple tricks to help you style your outfit, but it's not putting you in a Mm -hmm. box. Right. And then those tips can work with every body type. Yeah, exactly. So like one of the main tips that I will always share is the one third, two thirds. So try not to cut your body in half. One third of the outfit should take priority or take less priority and then two thirds should be the other um, part of the outfit. So you're never cutting yourself like right in half. Does that, if that makes sense. So again, yeah, that's a great tip. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Are there any other um, quick tips that you give people if they're like, okay, I just hate everything I put on. Like, how can I feel good tomorrow? Try experimenting with tucking in your tops in different ways to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. That's one of the easiest ways to just create your waistline. Try Mm -hmm. finding some good belts. That's another super easy way to elevate any outfit. It's the little details like that that are going to help you elevate and help us see your figure. So just try and experimenting a little bit in that area. Cause that doesn't even, you don't even need to buy anything. You can just stand in front of the mirror, mirror and have some fun. Right. Another really helpful tip. <laughs> so something that, you know, you're talking about like showing your figure and your waistline and that can be really hard for people who think, well, my waist is too big. I just want to cover it in something baggy. So what do you say to somebody who's really stuck in 
covering up their body because they feel like it's too big, do you still encourage them that they can wear form-fitting things? And how would you go about that? No, totally. Um, Again, baby steps with this because it's ingrained in our mind that we have to cover it up. But the reality is the more you cover, if you're trying to hide, you're actually adding to your body. You're making it look more like a tent versus, and you're adding fabric and you're at, it's just looking bigger. So baby steps kind of show that and honor that you've been hiding it. But I love to show that once you just pull it back a little bit and we can see a little bit more, it looks so much better. It looks okay. so much better. And nobody's lo- nobody is really looking at you thinking, oh my God, your arms look big or oh my God, your belly looks a little big. And if they are, they deserve a very special place in hell. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nobody's really doing that. Absolutely. And if they are, yeah. they are not a good person. <laughs> right. And, you know, I always say, and I have found this to be true so many times, it's so much more representative of how someone feels about themselves than about you. Like it's projecting their own insecurities. 100%. 100%. They have a sad life. So that's their, <laughs> that's their own situation, not ours. Absolutely. And I mean, like you said earlier, you're going to feel so much more badass in your outfit that you won't be paying attention. If exactly. someone does say something. And again, I know it's easier said than done. I have been asked if I was pregnant way too many times and I have not been. So I understand like that feeling of it, but yeah. my outfits were always killer when I was asked. Yes. <laughs> and so you can feel good about that. <laughs> That's so great. Uh, yeah, we really need to like change all of society in terms of feeling entitled to comment on a woman's body. body. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, we could go down a rabbit hole, but it is terrible. <laughs> Something else pivoting a bit that can be really challenging for people is if they're experiencing a lot of body changes and kind of don't know where it's going to end, don't know if they're at a stable weight yet, it can require like buying quite a significant amount of clothing. Like, okay, I'm up a size now, I'm down a size and I need to keep getting things. So budget does come into the picture quite often as a barrier before someone really identifies like their stable body type. So do you have any tips for someone who wants to feel more comfortable, but is trying to either shop on a budget or just buy less? Yeah. My theory is shop smart. So A, if you are on a weight loss journey, understand that going down a size, it doesn't happen overnight. So you have to wear something now and invest in some pieces now and just buy a few pieces that can also probably go down a size with you. It could be elastic pants. It could be knit tops. So there's plenty of stretch. It could be elevated t-shirts, like just some graphic tees that are really cool looking. There's so many ways that you can bring in the right pieces and then just invest in two pairs of jeans versus a whole denim wardrobe, you know, and wear those jeans on repeat. And then by the time you are down the sizes, like they've already been worn and have have served their purpose. You don't mind buying another. So you just have Mm -hmm. to just smart shop and buy pieces that maybe could go down a size with you. And if they can't, you have worn them so much now that cool, you're fine buying a new one. Right, right. So would it be similar or are there any additional things for 
going up a size for people who need to gain weight to get to their healthy place. It's actually the same type of philosophy, really. Um, You can go up a size and still wear those same pants. You can go up a size and wear that same knit top. It's the same same philosophy, just in reverse. Shop small. And I like that idea, right, of like, you don't need 10 pairs of jeans. You can wear two for now and forever. And talking about that, is there any um, little known information or any hacks about like wash, when to wash, when not to wash, or people washing certain things too often? Like how can we yeah. get the most use out of our clothing? Do not wash your denim every time. Do not do it. Put them on the chair of the in-between laundry chair. We all know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> we all have one. <laughs> Put your denim in the freezer overnight and it won't kill the bacteria, but it will get rid of any odor that's on the denim. So when you pull them out, oh. it is fresh. So try not to wash it every time. Like every four times you wear it, then you can wash. Um, right. Don't be gross, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. That the game is like a hot tip. The free- I have literally never heard that before. Yeah, keep your clothes in the freezer. My husband kills me because anytime you open our freezer, there's something in there with clothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like your leftovers and then your jeans. <laughs> yes. Keep it in the freezer. It gets rid of any odor. And it does something with the, sh- the the fibers and the stretching that it goes back to the way it was. So that's my wow. every time. <laughs> I'm going to try that. That's yeah. so interesting. <laughs> I've never had a problem with it. Very cool. Yeah. Um. So is there anything else you wanted to share about – I know you mentioned before our call how you're really big on – helping people kind of dress for like how their life evolves. And I think a lot of people think like, okay, I'm in a different body. I need to dress differently. But what about the non-physical changes? How do you help people address those? Like, especially, you know, young women, 20s, 30s, that early stage of adulthood, like leaving college, maybe going from your first job to more of a career move or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, How can you evolve with those life transitions? Yeah. I mean, I don't believe in that you're dressing for your age, but I believe that you're dressing for where you are in life and the person that you've become. So what I mean by that is say you are in your mid thirties, you're no longer 22 straight out of college anymore. You've now you've worked for a little bit, you're climbing the ladder, you've accomplished some really cool things. Dress with that mindset. Don't dress with that scarcity. I'm 21 going out on Friday night. You know what I mean? It's a, you're a different boy right. now. Like, so dress right. with that in mind and how you want to be seen as the woman that you are now, because we do notice, we do notice your outfit. So what I try to show my clients is how to understand that we are different from who we are 10 years ago. We have evolved into somebody else in such a good, positive way that invest in the right pieces, you know, step it up a few levels. Like we are, we're fully grown now. We're doing big girl things. (laughs) We want to look like it and we want to feel like it. (laughs) So it's time to kind of step into that mindset of I'm a grown woman. I've accomplished a lot of things. I'm handling a lot. I need to look that part. Yeah. And what about accessorizing? That's I think something that can be kind of an easy First step for people, if like switching out their whole closet feels intimidating, do you have any tips on choosing the right accessories? Yeah, I mean, that's really when your individual style can come into play. And that's truly what you 
gravitate towards if you're eclectic and you want it to be big and bold cool that's that's amazing i myself like smaller pieces that's my aesthetic um so that's really where you can have some fun and just see your personal style really shine and you can take some risks you can really just have fun with it i do believe investing in for accessories a few things i believe investing in the right belts i think that can is the understated hero that can transform some outfits so I believe in getting yourself some right belts. Nobody really talks about it, but I fully believe in it. Um, yeah, I <laughs> don't think I own a single belt. <laughs> it's the e- I got to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's the easiest third piece to an outfit to make it feel full and cohesive. So go and buy yourself the right belts. As far as jewelry, though, go have fun. I mix, you can mix, you know, gold, silver, do whatever you want. Have fun with it. Great. Yeah, that's another thing that's so trendy. People are like, silver's out, only wear gold. And I have both and it just kind of depends. Where we want. Like that, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Where we- I think that's the biggest takeaway today. Wear what you want. I love that. So. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, okay, just for fun, I would love to hear, do you have like any huge fashion regrets from your life? Um... Probably the first year I moved to New York City. I don't know what I was thinking with some of my choices. <laughs> um, <laughs> just trying to find myself and be a cool New Yorker. It was very weird. And I don't know what I was thinking with some of my choices. <laughs> yeah, what was like the worst combo you wore? <laughs> Me trying to look good on a Friday night with the other girls, like trying to get into nightclubs. And I was just wearing the strangest, strange. <laughs> Brought things that shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, those night out looks yeah. can always be a thing. It was a hot mess of Forever 21. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. We, we never need to go back to Forever 21. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and what about um, like absolute favorite pieces in your closet? Do you have your holy grail piece of like, this is the best thing I own? Uh, my Chanel flats. They, my Chanel ballet flats were an investment shoe that I will. I wear with everything will own for years and they make me feel amazing. So the right shoes can take you places. <laughs> yeah, especially in New York when you're walking everywhere. <laughs> exactly. So I have zero regrets with spending on my shoes because they are perfect. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has their thing. Like for me, it's bags. I'm yeah. like, I can justify an expensive bag. <laughs> everyone has their thing. 100%. That's so great. Yeah. Cool. Well, we've gotten so many great tips. I love your perspective. Is there anything I didn't ask you about that you would love to share with people who are on their their body image and style journey? Just remember to take risks and experiment. And just because you were told, no, you can't wear something doesn't mean that that's the right information. So find a safe place and have some fun by yourself and experiment. You know, and if you don't like it, make sure you ask what the return policy is ahead and bring it back. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> so, yes, return policies exist for a reason. <laughs> exactly. But experiment by yourself in a safe place, and you will find that you might like some things that you didn't think that you would. I love that. And you are an amazing safe place for people. So, tell everyone how they can work with you, where they can follow you and keep up with everything you're doing. Yeah. So my website is jblstyles.com, but also find me on Instagram, jbl.styles. And TikTok is the same handle, jbl.styles. And I would love to connect with any of you. So 
yeah, please DM me. Incredible. Yay. Well, I will be following. I will link everything in the show notes so people can find you and follow you. And you said you work with clients everywhere, right? Yes. So I'm based in New York City, but I have clients all over the country. So same process that's broken down virtually. And um, I can definitely tell you, the individual, about it, but it's a very smooth process. Cool. Well, I hope everyone goes to connect with you. Thank you so much for all of this insight. This was a great chat. Thank you so much. If you are looking for that body image support with your style and wardrobe, I hope you will reach out to Jamie. I have her information linked in the show notes. And I also wanted to add, if you are feeling like you need support with your relationship with food and how that is either being impacted by your body image or how your body image is impacting your food or vice versa, I don't even know which order I said those things, but if how you're eating and how you're feeling about your body are just not feeling like they're the best they can be, then please reach out to me. Both myself and my associate dietitian, Nicole, do have openings for new clients. So I have the information linked in the show notes where you can check out my services page on my website to read more about working with us. You can book a free discovery call also linked in the show notes, and that'll be a free 15-minute chat with myself to answer any questions that you have, get more information about my philosophy and the logistics of what it's like to work with one of us. So if you're looking for any nutrition support, please do reach out. I would be thrilled to chat with you. Again, those links are in the show notes, so check it out, and I hope we will connect. And there you have it. That is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it and had some good takeaways. If you did, I would love to hear what's resonating for you. Send me a DM on Instagram or share the episode to your stories and tag me so that I can see that you're listening and hopefully loving it. You can also share this episode with a friend who you think would enjoy it and spread some intuitive eating love to everyone around you. As always, five-star ratings and reviews are so appreciated, so you can drop me one of those. Be sure to also check out the show notes for all the links that I mentioned and more information on myself and my nutrition private practice. Other than all that, I hope you have a great day and a great week, and I will catch you in the next episode.